Yeah. Hey, good morning, everybody. Um, yeah, I'm super excited to get to be here with y'all. I mean, I think, like Garrett said, yeah, ACC would never have gotten started, you know, without the people that were in Arlington and that got to be a part of that. But also, ACC never would have gotten started if it hadn't been for the faithfulness of the members of this church for the last, you know, 25, 30 years. I'm not sure exactly how long. But yeah, just that we even get to be part of a uh, family of churches that are a community of church planters. Um, and we'll, we'll get into it, but just how big of a blessing this community at ACC has been to myself and my wife and, um, yeah, our upcoming child, I'm sure. Um, yeah, that, that, that is, and that's part of this longer term vision, longer term plan of what God has been doing just in DFW. And, uh, and so I'm super excited that you guys get to hear also from like Denton and Plano and, uh, that'll be so neat for you guys to get to the opportunity to hear that. But today, I'm going to talk about ACC. So if you don't know, um, Arlington Central Church got planted about six years ago. And uh, in two years ago, we actually went through a church split, um, which was sad and hard and um, tough. We lost probably about seven or eight of our key leaders. And in the mess of all that, probably lost just a few members as well, um, people who decided to go somewhere else. And what we ended up with, before we even get to the pictures, is a room full of about 25 or 25 to 35, I don't remember exactly what the count was, of people who were left, right? Of just figuring out, okay, we had planted the church, but then we'd done it for four years, but is it going to work out? Because at the end of those four years, people are leaving, and we're, we have had tension and conflict. And the question was, do we want to keep being a church? And if so, what kind of church do we want to be? And... Um, and those were tough conversations. Um, Garrett was a part of like helping facilitate some of those conversations for the people in our church. But by the grace of God, and I think really, yeah, by the power of God, um, yeah, the people that were in that room and, and in that backyard, we all said, yes, we do want to keep being a church. And we think we kind of have a vision for what kind of church God wants us to be. And so to kind of like center and frame um, what I think God has been teaching us for the last two years since that church split, since we made the decision like, yeah, we're going to keep doing this thing. We're going to keep this church going. As I'm actually going to read 1 Thessalonians 4, 9. It says, Now concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you. For you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. And ultimately, that's what I think I want to share with this community today. Garrett asked me just to share of like, what has God been doing at Arlington Central Church? And I, I just couldn't think of anything else other than, although I'm sure there are other things, I couldn't think of anything else other than he's been teaching us to love one another. Um, and especially since coming out of like what was a time of tension and conflict for this first several years uh, to a church split, that it's a miracle to me. It's amazing to me. It's the grace of God that the amount of love and the depth of love that is currently present in Arlington Central Church even exists. Like every time that I think about it, I'm like, man, wow, what a God deal that God has been teaching us to love one another. Not just because I've heat up values, not because just we preach about that or that's been passed down through our culture, although those already, those play a part in that and that's sometimes how God works. But I think it's also just more than that. God's just been working in our hearts and our spirits to teach us to love one another. And I get to share with you guys some of the fruit of what that's been today. And so I'm super excited. Um, so yeah, so we'll go to the next picture here. So yeah, this is uh, some of our church members. Uh, we have on our left what we call a family group and on our right what we call a life group, uh, which are different forms of small groups that we have. 
Um, yeah, uh, I, could, I could go by name, but that would actually take way too long. Um, but our family groups, because people often ask me, like, okay, but what is the distinguishing factor between these two small groups? Why do you have two small groups? Isn't that confusing? Isn't that a lot? Um, so I'll go ahead and clarify a little bit of what the differences are, but then I'll also talk about why I think we really do them. So uh, the family group is a cross-gender, ideally, futurally, uh, a multi-generational group, although right now I'm the third oldest member of our church at the ripe young age of 32. So uh, that'll be a plug for some older people to come join us later. But it's supposed to be a cross-gender, multi-generational group that share lives, emphasize the reading of scripture together, and the taking of communion together. So that's on the left. Our life groups on the right are supposed to be same gender, same generational groups that share lives, emphasize praying together, and encouraging one another. Um, but people will ask me, like, why have two small groups? Why do this or that? And honestly, you know, I don't actually care very much about that question. (laughs) Maybe I should. But what I really care about and what I think, again, is emphasized in what God has been doing in our church is that people are getting together often. Um, And whether it's family group on on a Monday night or life group on a Wednesday night, people are taking every opportunity to just be together. And whether they're reading scripture and taking communion or they're just praying and sharing their lives, they're together. And that's... Uh, There's no magic. I don't think God has been teaching us to love one another through these methods, right? There's nothing magical about family groups or life groups. But there is something, yeah, just incredible that I think God makes clear throughout the scriptures of this overarching principle of just the importance of being together and the power of presence. Um, Maybe that idea of the power of presence is something that you're familiar with. I'm sure Ronnie or Brandon or whatever community uh, teachers you've had have talked about how important it is to share life and to be there for one another. But I really think that's what God has been doing in our church. Just by teaching us to be together, he has taught us to love one another. And in fact, I would go so far as to say a community of people that love one another are a community of people that are with each other. A community of people that love each other are a community of people that love one another. Um, And I think that that question of like, well, how often then should we be together, right? Is it too much to have two small groups? Um, Is one that I hear, but I think oftentimes when I'm I'm thinking of that, I'm often reminded of Acts 2, 46 and 47. I just think it's the next scripture. It says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And so um, I I recognize that our world today is is pretty fast-paced, and our jobs demand a lot of us, and our hobbies take time, and our biological families uh, do need to have their proper places of protected space. And so I just affirm all of that, but I think we often use all of those reasons to skip over this really important part of this Acts passage, which is just that they would meet together daily, that every day they would get together. And I think oftentimes when I hear someone say, like, well, you know, I've got time for church and I've got time for small group, but that's, that's what I got, you know? And I think I, I, I want to be sympathetic to that. Again, I've not even been a parent yet. I'm about to be, so pray for me. But, um, but I sometimes wonder if how much of our aversion to spending time with church community in any capacity daily and regularly has a lot less to do with our time constraints or our schedule and more just to do with the state of our hearts. Um, they would meet together daily. And, and, and that's one of the things that I've just loved about getting to be a part of ACC. 
Yeah. So I think what God has taught us is just the power of presence, that the kind of communities he's wanting to build really happens so much just when we show up. The kind of communities he's wanting to build happen so much just when we show up. Um, and so, yeah, this would be the question that I would pose to you guys today as we're going through this. Have you let God teach you that a community of people who love one another is a community of people who spend time together? Have you let God teach you that a community of people who love one another is a community of people who spend time together? Um, because I think it's easy to, like, I don't know, affirm these uh, ideals of, like, a community of love one another. But then when it's like, and now, spend every day together. You're like, well, I really got a lot to do, you know? And, uh, and I don't really know if I can really build that community of love if that might cost me something. Um, so again, I'm not really here to talk about or even emphasize family groups or life groups or having two Bible studies. I don't think there's anything to that. But I do think there's something to this larger principle of the importance of being together. Which brings me to the next scripture. Matthew 18, 20. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. And I just want to, again, just affirm all of that, right? Like, this is what God has been teaching us. This isn't some structure that we've been building or some plan that we've been implementing. God has shown us that whenever we're together, he's there with us. And when he's there with us, lives are being changed and hearts are being encouraged and disciples are being raised um, because that's by the power of God. But that happens when two or three are together. So I want to just show a couple pictures of some of the ways that our church has been spending time together and how I think God has been building a community of love through that. So uh, the first one, uh, I hope you'll be able to see some of these, but the first one is a ladies' craft day, um, which happened after church, uh, actually just a few weeks ago, and my wife hosted, and it was open to all the ladies. I saw y'all are going to have a gift exchange soon, and that's so cool. Um, but yeah, I just think it's a really sweet bonding time for our women to build relationships with one another. Uh, for What was so cool is also our college students came, and so they got to make crafts alongside our adult women and get to know one another, share life together. Uh, and so it's not just, you know, the college students sitting in the front and the older adults sitting in the back, but they're sitting around one table, and God is working together through that to build healthy community. Uh, the next one is a Rangers game. Uh, yeah, so uh, I don't know if any of you guys are Rangers fans, but they won the World Series. I didn't watch, but uh, they did, I heard. Um, yeah, so uh, it's hard to tell, but actually the four or five rows down actually is our whole church. And so, um, so we just all decided to go buy tickets and go to this. And one of our uh, older adults, his name is Brady Howell. Uh, he had just sort of facilitated this. He's not on staff with us. He didn't run it by the church. He didn't, um, you know, whatever. I, he, he's just a member of the church. And he said, you know what I like to do? I like to watch baseball. Let me put it out there. Let me post on Mighty Networks. Let me see if I can make an announcement. And let's see who will come watch baseball with me. And the whole church showed up. Um, and yeah, and I, I left a little early, but you know, they were all there. Guys, they have these really big hot dogs. I don't know if y'all know, they got hot dogs that are about yay long. Two of our members bought them, ate the whole thing. Um, these are memories, right? This is, uh, this is God at work. Um, okay, the next one is, uh, is our food with friends. So we got this idea actually from y'all years ago when I was an intern with Focus. So I guess about eight years ago, um, I came and visited Northeast Church. And it happened to be one of those Sundays where uh, the adults would take the college students out to lunch. And I was so blessed by that time. I've talked about it before, but Mark and Julie Mullins um, and their family was just so sweet to invite me along. And I was so blessed by just the time and relationship with them. 
And so we have decided that we're going to do that monthly um, uh, over at ACC, that every month our, our adults are going to take one of our college students out to lunch. And so this is Brian Bass and Peter Bass, who are on staff with us, uh, taking a group of college students and Graham Spencer out to lunch at <laughs> Chili's. Um, and uh, yeah, and they, they had a great time. We got to take uh, Sophie Willis and a young girl named Helen and our friend Ryan Lewis out to uh, Tex-Mex Place with us. And we just, I mean, we haven't laughed that hard in a long time. My wife and I love to laugh, but something about being together, being with one another, I think God was there and he was building joy uh, in our relationships with one another. The next thing is our on-campus board, ga- or board game night on-campus board game night, um, <laughs> on-campus board game night. And so uh, it, it, we're, we're serious about fostering these relationships between adults and college students. Uh, we really believe in that vision that I think God gave Ronnie all those years ago. We're trying to continue that on. And so this is our ACC church members actually uh, going on campus to UT Arlington and hosting a board game night that students could come to um, and just meeting them where they're at, not asking them to come to us, but a lot of students don't even have cars. Um, yeah, the world is changing. And so, uh, and so um, yeah, we just went onto campus and invited them to come. And again, w- my wife and I played the family edition of Cards Against Humanity, all right? Family edition, that's clean. Um, and, uh, and with a bunch of college students, and we just laughed a ton as well. And God was building, fostering relationships there. Uh, yeah, and, and which also just helps our, our college ministry as I get to know some of the young women uh, that I wouldn't typically get to interact with. Um, okay, and then the last one is actually my favorite. So... This is uh, a bowling night that we had earlier this year. All the men wore pink, all the girls wore green, and it was men versus women in bowling record. Bailey Sines says that the ladies win, but that is not true. The men won that night. Uh, But again, this was our whole church just getting out there. And and I think this one was planned by Laura Wright. Um, Logan and Laura both have been such a blessing to our church community. I know we have some rights here. Um, but yeah, it was just an opportunity again to spend time together and it's goofy and it's silly and I'm wearing my wife's pink bathrobe. Um, and, um, but it was, a, it was a great time and it was memories together and God was building love through all of that. And, um, yeah. And so, so there's this principle in, uh, Eugene Peterson's writings. He's a pastor and he talks about, uh, the ministry of small talk, which I remember being really struck by. Uh, in one of his books, because I think I had kind of like drifted into this place in like ministry where I was like, what really matters are these incredibly deep and theological conversations about life and meaning and purpose and significance. And those conversations like, so what would you do this weekend? You know, uh, just kind of felt uh, empty to me and not, not deep. And I was so convicted when he just said, no, it's those conversations that allow us to even be able to be present in those deeper moments, right? That if I don't actually know what's been going on in someone's weekends for the last several years, that when that then moment happens in their life five years down the line, why would they go to me? Why would they trust me? Why would they listen to what I have to say about God and meaning and purpose if I wasn't willing to listen to what they had to say about what they ate last night? You know, like, Really, I, I, we need to be people who are building these, these communities where even the small stuff really matters because that's what fosters the big things. And, um, and, and so again, you know, you might look at some of the things that we just said and say, oh, okay, they went bowling together, praise God, you know, like big whoop, or they watched, they watched a ball game, like, okay, so cool, I do that every, every day on the TV. Um, like, 
God was working through all of those small things to bring about what I want to say is the big thing that he's been teaching us to love one another. And I want to give some examples of how I've really seen, I think, that love then become manifest, uh, which I think, again, only happened because we were willing to spend this much time with one another. Um, But I want to say about, yeah, just a few ways that I've really seen that come to be. So this is going to be a terrible picture. I had to, like, screenshot a video. Um, Yeah. But um, so this is, that's my truck and all of my stuff and Haley and I stuff in there. But, uh, but that's Brian Bass, Logan Wright, and Austin DeLoach, and they're moving things into my truck and packing things up. And the reason for that was about a year and a half ago, I had a really serious back injury, and we had to move out of our apartment. And on the day uh, that we needed to move out, I was in so much pain that I just had to lay like this while all my friends moved my stuff. Um, and they would say, hey, is this good to go? And I'm like, yeah, that's good. Uh, go ahead and take that. Um, but man, what a, what a sweet gift, uh, that I get to be a part of a community that when my back goes out, which I'm sure will happen to many of you, I'm estimating (laughs) 50, 60%, um, that, that when my back goes out, I've got a community of people who will say, Hey, no problem. Not our stuff, not our apartment complex, not our fine, but you are our brother. And so we're going to be there and we're going to come and we're going to move you out of your apartment and move you into your new home. Um, yeah, God is teaching us to, to love one another. And that actually reminds me of Galatians 6, 2, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Um, quite literally, we can do that for one another, and that will build love. I love those guys. I really do. Those guys have become like brothers to me. They would not have become like brothers to me if they weren't there in those moments. Will you, will you be there in those moments? Um, the next one that I want to talk about is just family holidays, which is the next picture. Yes, awesome, cool. Uh, you won't be able to tell. That's Matt Carruthers facing the wall there. Uh, his wife, uh, Sam Carruthers, they've been longtime friends of ours. They, they've always been like brothers and sisters to us. Um, and then there's my wife, Haley, and then me in the shades. And then, uh, and then to the right, left, there is my good friend now, Ryan Lewis. Um, he's been coming around to our church for about a year now, and for whatever reason, I think God has been uh, laying yeah, him on my heart and my wife's heart uh, with just a dear affection. Um, Ryan is a guy who uh, has trouble believing that he is really loved and valued and appreciated by others. And so when Haley and I had this opportunity to go visit my dad and uh, and stepmom, uh, who, uh, live in Florida, we wanted to invite some friends with us. And it was like, yeah, no brainer, obviously inviting Matt and Sam, you know, friends for like eight, nine years now. Um, but also who else could we take with us? And absolutely Ryan Lewis, like not only has God taught us to love him, but we want him to physically and tangibly know how deeply loved he is. We're going to invite him to come across the country with us, spend a week with us, um, and float on the ocean with us and just spend time with us. We could have invited any of you guys. Um, sorry, we didn't. Um, <laughs> but we did invite him, and, and my hope is that that resonated with him. Um, Sarah, you'll be next. Uh, well, yeah, we'll take you now. Um, yeah, my hope is that that resonated with him, that that was a, a moment of just like, no, I really am wanted. I really am desired. Um, you have the opportunity to communicate that to people in so many different ways. I'll talk about some more practicals later, but consider holidays and vacations. Why not bring a friend along with you? Um, and that brings me to the next scripture, which is in Matthew 12, 
While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brother stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brother are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied to him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Yeah, again, I think when I say family holidays, family vacations, I think it's pretty easy to just think in terms of biological family, right? That I'm going to go spend time with those people that I was born in, into being family with. But Jesus redefines family. He says, this is your family. These are your brothers and your sisters. Why not go on a vacation with them? Um, okay, and then the last one, um, also not a great picture, but I think the more powerful one in my mind. Um, so this is a kid's soccer game. Uh, as you can see, uh, there is, uh, yeah, Wyatt Pierce uh, right there, um, nephew of Ricky Pierce. Ricky, are you here? Yeah, what's up, Ricky? Uh, so uh, Ricky is brothers with uh, Bobby, twin brothers, so much so that I hugged Ricky at the alt church service uh, yesterday. I don't know if I'd met Ricky before, but I hugged him. Um, but it's because Bobby Pierce goes to our church, and, uh, and he's deeply loved, and we love spending time with him. Um, Bobby is a single dad. And so uh, he's got two kids, Wyatt and Elizabeth, and, um, and they are both just so sweet and fun, and we love having them in our church. And I asked Bobby if it was okay for me to share this, but uh, he said yes. So he had, Bobby had expressed that sometimes going to those soccer games alone can be an isolating experience. And so um, several of our church members showed up to the last two soccer games of the season. Uh, to cheer on his kids, but also just to be there with Bobby and to show him that although he's a single father, he's not alone. Not as an individual, but also he's not alone in the raising up of his children. And that there's a community of people who are fiercely dedicated to making sure that Wyatt and Elizabeth um, grow up well and feel loved. And he wanted me to express to each of y'all how profound of an impact and a blessing just having people present with him during those soccer games has been. He's been greatly encouraged in his life and in his, um, yeah, thinking about uh, his capabilities of getting to be a really great dad, which he is. Okay, and then Romans 12.5 says, So in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Right? It's not just Bobby's kids' soccer game, right? Like, those kids are a part of our church, and so they're the soccer games that we go to. Um, and whatever else it is here, right? Although many of you have many different lives and many different needs, right? It, we all belong to one another. We're one body. Each member belongs to all the others. Um, yeah, and so again... You know, it's, it's, it's the ministry of small talk. It's, it's all of these small things building up to the really big thing of a, of a community of people that I really believe God has taught to love one another. And so what is the culmination of all of these moments? Um, I think for me, my wife is uh, six months, six and a half months pregnant. And no, wait, seven and a half months. Thank you. Seven and a half months pregnant. And so we're about maybe six weeks, maybe earlier from having a baby. And so we got to have our baby shower last weekend, um, which I think is the next picture. Oh, that's all right. It's, well, that's okay. Leave that there, and then we'll get to that. Forget about the baby shower. We'll get back to that. Uh, 
So I wanted to point out just real briefly, that I'm not going like to go in depth to any of these, but these are just other examples of our community spending time together. So on the top left is our, uh, is our church retreat um, and just the beautiful memories of yeah, making marshmallows around the campfire while other people g- did gymnastics in the background, which you can't see, but that's, you can blame Scr- Graham Spencer for that. And then, um, and then the next one was our men's putt-putt night. Um, again, not a church-organized event. Just someone said, hey, I like putt-putt. Who wants to go with? And a bunch of our men showed up. Uh, the next one is a King's Kaleidoscope concert. Uh, yeah, with Kaylee and Peta and Cole and Julie and Haley uh, just getting to go together and celebrate an enjoyed and favored band. And then, uh, yeah, I think that to the right there is a New Year's Eve party, um, which you guys will have opportunities to host. And as that's coming around the corner, um, just friends celebrating the new year with one another and all that God's done and will do. Uh, the next one I'm actually super encouraged by is some of our church members coming to help our focus staff and our focus students put up yard signs around UT Arlington, right? It's like, okay, why, why does a campus pastor, who we, most of us, support missionally uh, to go reach college campuses, why do they need to have an hour or two of their time detracted from spending time with a college student, which is what we um, support them to do, uh, to go put up yard signs? We have time. We can go do that. Um, and that was just so sweet and encouraging that it's like they're so bought into the vision that they'll just go put up yard signs. Um, I hope that we can communicate how bought into this vision we are. The next one is uh, 4th of July fireworks. Uh, we could barely see the fireworks, actually, because our parking where we parked was terrible. But we were together, and God used that. And, uh, yeah, just deep friendships and memories being built there. And the last one is the baby shower. Um, yeah, I mean, so our hallway, I thought about including a picture of this. Our hallway right now is just full of stuff, like from that chair down, right? It's just full of boxes and diapers and all of that. And so seriously blessed by that. It's so cool that Haley and I don't have to like worry about, oh my gosh, how are we going to afford this baby? Because we have a community of people who will help give us stuff. But yeah, seriously, um, I am very thankful for that. But honestly, as I've been looking at the boxes and I've been looking at all the stuff, and even as I was looking around that room last weekend... I was like, man, this stuff, you know, it's, it's helpful, it's needed, it's necessary, but that's not really what I'm thankful for in this moment. Like, when I look at all that stuff, what I'm really thankful for are all these relationships of people who would care enough about us to buy us stuff, right? That's the important thing. That's what I want Lucy to have. I, I don't, you know, uh, we would have found a way to get her enough diapers, right? But there's no way that I could, of my own accord, right, create a kind of community where she's going to be as deeply loved as she will be. That there will be this many people, right, together in a room. Yeah, I mean, I was watching uh, Sirach and Sloan hand off their daughter Anaya to the Davises earlier, and I'm like, that, I want that. I want that for, for, yeah, just for myself, for my child, but also just for all of us. And it's it's not just about having kids and, and passing them off, but that's a big part of it, right? What does it look like for us to really be a family, to be a community of people who love one another? We don't get the big stuff unless we're willing to do the little. In the Life in the Body study in FOJ, um, there's a question that, I, yeah, is always, I think, just, yeah, pressing and uh, challenging. And it, it's describing Acts 2:42 through 47, where they get together every day and they share meals and they give to each other as any has need. Um, and it says, what would you personally be willing to give up in order to build a community like this? Like, what would you personally be willing to lose of your own time, your own self, in order to foster something that actually looks like this? Because sometimes that Acts 2:42 through 47 verse kind of feels like a, a fairy tale, right? Um, but it, it only is a fairy tale 
because we oftentimes are too self-centered to really make it a reality. Um, you know, when we really give of ourselves, it can become something that's true. And so this is what I want to just kind of challenge you with, right? Um, here's a few practicals. If you aren't currently a part of a small group, join one. Uh, if you only come to church every once in a while, come more. Um, make time for lunch after church and view it as important that you form those connections on Sunday afternoon as important as you view it that you sing songs on Sunday morning. Go beyond even that. Set up one-on-one time with each other, right? Get coffee, play disc golf. Um, Yeah, be a family. Holidays are coming up. Make your home a space for those who have no family to go to. Every once in a while, this one's kind of... uh, yeah, scandalous. I'd, I'd encourage some of our couples to just have single people join them on their date night. Um, I'm not saying all the time, but I think that can, be, that can mean a lot, just to be included and to treat our single friends as important part of our lives, marriages, and relationships. Um, I would say initiate events for the whole church, right? Like go bowling, go see a baseball game, uh, go see the Taylor Swift era's movie, right? Like w- whatever your interest is... Whatever your interest is, invite others to come join you. Um, I wanted to talk about, yeah, just like the mentality of a church plant. Um, You know, we're only six years old, but then we kind of got restarted two years ago. We had to ask ourselves, okay, what kind of church do we want to be, and how do we want to build that church, right? But that... Uh, those questions don't have to stop once you're 10, 20, 30 years old, right? Like you guys can be asking yourself, hey, what kind of church do I want this to be? And, and what would I be willing to give up in order to make it a reality? And so every Sunday morning that you come, you're not just entering into something that you get to participate in, but that you're, you're stepping into an environment that you have the capacity to shape and to change and to transform, right? And so if you want to build a loving community, be the person who initiates time together with other people, and you will build it. You will build it. God will use you to build it. Um, celebrate each other's big moments. Go to weddings and go to kids' soccer games. And use Mighty Networks. You guys use Mighty Networks? No? All right. Hey, it's a really cool service. This is an admonition to Garrett and Kale and, uh, and Aaron. Um, yeah, it's just, it's cool, man. We just get to, like, without the the big distraction of all the things that are on Facebook and Twitter and whatever. We just have a place for our church to just say, hey, I'd like to do this. Anyone want to come with? It's just been, it's been a gift to us, so consider it. Um, yeah, God has been teaching us to love one another. And it's my prayer today that if, it, if that's something you need to learn or even relearn, I pray that God would himself teach you, whether it's through my words or any others, that you would learn to love one another even more deeply from the heart. And remember that a community of people who love each other is a community of people who are with each other. Um, Garrett also wanted me to talk about our needs, and I'm just going to list one because uh, I don't want to keep us here forever. But we, we would really love some older adults. I, I mentioned earlier I'm the third oldest member of our church at 32. Uh, the oldest member of our church is like 35, 36. Uh, so um, we, yeah, if we're ever going to have cross-generational, uh, yeah, multi-generational family groups, right, we could get that in 20, 30 years uh, while I get older, or we could have you come join us now, and we can start learning from you guys. I mean, um, God will give us the wisdom that we need, but I wrote out, I think, some things that, that older adults could help us out with, right? What does it look like to raise children? What does it look like to change careers? How do I stick a career out? How do I endure the difficulties of marriage? How do I uh, know what the fruit of a covenant kept down the long term looks like? Um, 
What if I've lived, or what does it look like to live a single life for 20 plus years? Is that even possible? Again, God will give us wisdom, but who's to say he doesn't want to share that with us through you? I think he might. Um, And so, yeah, if you've ever considered, you know, coming to be a part of Arlington Central Church and you have the capacity to, I'm not asking for all of you to come do that. We need Garland Northeast Church too. But listen to what God may have for you. Um, Maybe he wants to to help us through you uh, to become the church that we need to be. All right, I'm going to close with this last scripture. Uh, It's from 1 John 4, 7 through 12. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. Lord, yeah, we want your love to be made complete in our lives um, and in our communities and our relationships. I certainly want to pray that. I thank you, Lord, for how I think you really have been doing that in Arlington Central Church. I imagine, God, you've been doing that here at Garland Northeast as well. But wherever that's slowed down, wherever that's been impeded, I pray that you would just use these words as a renewed fire um, for love in this place. And that that would pour out through our whole family of churches and into our college ministries. And um, that we would just be a people who are known by love and who experience your love through our love for one another as we embody um, yeah, the presence of Christ in our relationships with one another. Please empower us to do that by your spirit. And I just pray a blessing over this church. I ask all this in your name. Amen.